welcome out there in podcast land to the album argument. I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremy. Jeremy, tell us about the album argument. The album argument is the best podcast you will ever listen to. The very best. It's been said. The only podcast you'll ever have to listen to. The only one you ever need to listen to, except for maybe true crime. Until you hit next and go listen to another podcast. Or just listen to only us. Yes, or just listen to only us. But anyways, we are The Album Argument. We're two friends, dads, educators, musicians. We've known each other for 20? 50 million years. 50 million years, yes. And so uh, going strong, right? We look great. That's why we do podcasts, so you can't see our Exactly. I'm incredibly handsome. I would be, uh, if you saw me right now, other than Jay seeing me right now, you would faint. Lots of wrinkles and everything, but incredibly yep. handsome, let me tell you. So um, <laughs> so we are, again, the album argument. So we swap albums ahead of time. And then uh, I tell Ryan, listen to this album. Ryan tells me, listen to this album. And we go off and listen to them. And then we uh, get together and share our reactions. And we record these live reactions. And we don't know what the other one's going to say. We uh, sometimes try to uh, stump the other person, say, I know you might not like this, but I'm going to make you listen to it. Or I just kind of want to know what Ryan thinks about this album. Yeah, and all of our responses are completely genuine and live. And I, I really enjoy that side of this because it, it really does catch us. Like, you know, some of the stuff that you've said, I've just been like, wow. Like, it just blows my mind. Like Gatorade. I was listening back to that one. Oh, right? man. I know. Gatorade. I, yeah. So um, if you have not heard that episode, so that's a Charlie Bliss uh, episode a few weeks ago, just a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago. And uh, we talked about a wonderful album by Charlie Bliss. And if I had to find one song, it was Gatorade because I went to Florida State. And and Gatorade is from the University of Florida. But anyway, so we never know what the other one's going to say. And sometimes it's so difficult to find a bad song. And this is an album, Siamese Dream by The Smashing Pumpkins, is an album that I honestly do have difficulty in finding a bad song because I think it's kind of, it might be my favorite album ever. Now, I want to throw this out there. I want to throw this out there. This is the album argument where we're supposed to find the best and worst song. Once per season, you are allowed to say, there's not a bad song. Only once. Okay. Only once per season. Well, I actually do. I think there is a bad song. In okay, album. good. <laughs> but uh, just to say that this is possibly my favorite album for a few different reasons. Um, Smashing Pumpkins is one of my favorite bands. My students usually know that. Um, I think they support me, but also secretly make fun of me. I think a lot of other people might support me, but secretly make fun of me. Because, oh, I secretly make fun of you all the time. Oh, that, uh, yeah, I know. That's, uh, <laughs> it's no secret there. So, um, but the Smashing Pumpkins, they're a band because of maybe the vocals and the sound that, you know, some people just don't appreciate. And yeah. I think those people are crazy because why would you not appreciate the sound of the Smashing Pumpkins? If you are not a Smashing Pumpkins fan, you are wrong. Yeah, shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you. Well, you might also be confused because sometimes they show up as Smashing Pumpkins and then sometimes The Smashing Pumpkins. The Smashing Pumpkins. So you kind of don't know. Are they the same band? Maybe they're different bands. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And then there's just Billy Corgan and then there's William Patrick Corgan. Y- yep. From from the solo albums. Yep. So two different or three different solo albums. So, um, so it gets difficult out there. But anyways, Smashing Pumpkins, they started in the late 80s. Their first album, Gish. Um, was in the early uh, 90s, 91, and then uh, Siamese Dream came out in uh, 1993. And before we get into it, Gish is a great record. Oh, yeah. And it's also a cool band name 
that you and I used to, we, you know, it's a cool band name. You and I used to be a duo, an acoustic duo under the name Gish. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of honestly forgot about you that. You forgot. But, um, <laughs> uh, w- was I singing or were you singing? Uh, I think, was, no, you sang. Okay. I hope I everybody else forgot about it too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So Good sometimes I, I sing well and most of the time, most of the times I don't. But cool. anyways, um, I can't wait for those AI vocals to come out. I'll just Seriously. type in the words and then it'll all be perfectly in tune and everything. But anyways, coming back to Siamese Dream, it was recorded on good old analog tape back in 1993 by... Uh, produced by Butch Vig, the Butch Vig, the Butch Vig. So Butch, uh, this was not his first album with Smashing Pumpkins. He actually produced uh, Gish right before this, so he was familiar with the band. Um, but I would say Siamese Dream was probably is probably the first album most people think about when they think of the Smashing Pumpkins. So this was probably the quintessential beginning of that sound of the Smashing Pumpkins. So Butch was behind both albums, but this was definitely in some people's minds, the first album. I also think um, not only is it the first album or that people think of with them, I think also a lot of music purists out there think that this is also the first or one of the first top shoegaze albums out there. And for those of you who might not know what shoegaze is, it's basically the concept where you've connected giant pedal boards to each other and you use a bunch of different guitar pedals to make weird, spacey, cool sounds. Interesting. Yeah. I just learned something myself. So. There you go. Um, so it was uh, produced by Butch. Um, he's also, you know, he kind of did a few other albums. I mean, I don't know. Some Never sort of mind. Album. Never mind. Yeah, Never let's, mind. Let's just not talk about let's it. Let's just Never not mind. talk. Never mind. Um, yeah. And let's just not waste any light or anything, you know, about <laughs> talking about it. So um, anyways, so it was also uh, recorded by Butch and Jeff Tomei here in Marietta, Georgia. Marietta. It is a local album. It was recorded at Triclop Studios. That is no longer. Oh, that's a bummer. So I actually saw a, a discussion post online recently, and it's somebody wants to find it, right? And so it's it's actually over here near the Brave Stadium across the yeah. street. But I don't know what's there anymore. And it's uh, there probably a parking be, lot. Yes, yeah, it could be a parking lot or a business. Or I know the Weather Channel is over there, and who knows? Wouldn't that be cool if the Weather Channel? is in the same, like, the person doing, like, the voiceover work for the Weather Channel is in the same booth that Billy Corgan recorded the vocals for. You never know, right? That would be awesome. Um, And if you want to see a little bit of behind the scenes of this album, they have the great, uh, I first remember seeing it on VHS, but I also had the DVD, Viewphoria. Viewphoria, yep, I had that too. And so um, I have not seen that in a while, and I saw some clips um, and kind of preparing for this, and it's an interesting look into kind of behind the scenes and they're joking and things like that. But it's also, it's, it's real to see how albums used to be made. So I, I, I remember the, uh, I think you and I went to the record store and we both picked up a copy of Euphoria and Earphoria because they, they released the live CD True. too. We True. both got copies at the same time. So Nice. Nice. See, full, look full. at Look at all these memories I have of us together that you've forgotten, full circle, Jeremy. Full circle. I, I guess it was uh, my hair or something when I, yeah. I don't know, when it all got my, cut off and fell out. My brosif over there has a bad memory issue. My, a bad memory, I guess. I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. Um, this album was also mixed by Alan Mulder, so he also has mixed many albums since then. A Perfect Circle, The Killers, Nine Inch Nails, Foo Fighters. Just a few people. Just a few. So, um, so there's def- some top artists there. Yeah. So, it, like, wow. If you think about Siamese Dream in terms of Butch Vig, 
his career, Alan Mulder's career, Smashing Pumpkins career. It was definitely kind of a, I don't want to say it was a launching point, but it was the beginning of a lot of good things to come. It's almost like the perfect storm met up here for this record. Yeah, yeah. And then it literally turned out one of the most perfect records of all time. Yeah, and it, it uh, plays for just over an hour, so 62 minutes, give or take. Um, it had four official singles, um, although there's a couple other ones that are usually played on the radio too. But um, again, it's one of my favorite albums. I've been waiting to give this to you. Yes. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, crisp October coolness in the air that's outside. This is such an October album. Yeah. It really is. It fits the mood of fall very well. Yeah. And uh, some stories go back to the Smashing Pumpkins, their first concert, I think late 80s. It was on October 5th. So I remember geeking Ooh. out back in the day saying, happy Smashing Pumpkins Day, everybody. Yeah. So happy Smashing Pumpkins Day, everybody, this week. Mm, and thank uh, you. wanted to give this to you, Ryan, and tell me what hey. your thoughts are. First, do you already own it? Oh, yes. I Oh, my goodness, yes. I have owned multiple copies of this CD. Oh, you record industry. Oh, I have worn out copy after copy. I think at one point I even had you burn me a copy because I was like, I can't keep buying this thing. Shh, don't tell anybody. That was back in the day, so I don't, hopefully they won't mind. We're really sorry. I've literally bought this album so many times, and I've bought it digitally, too, so... Um, no, this is, this is in my, uh, wheelhouse of one of the greatest records of all time. It's such a wonderful album. It is one that, you know, whether you're a grunge fan, a, a punk fan, an alternative rock fan, a new wave fan, you can find something on this record that is going to fit you. Um, and it's wonderful. Um, I, I cannot say too many great things about this wonderful record. A little bit of history, though. Again, I don't know if you remember this, but we used to play in another band, and we used to cover the very opening track of this album. Do you remember that? I do, a little bit. What's that track called? Cherub Rock. Such a great song. It is. I actually, I play it in the dad band. That I do you? On. Yeah, we're working on that. So. Oh, that's fantastic. It's, it's a favorite of mine. It's a great song to learn on guitar. It's quintessential Smashing Pumpkins with the octaves. But yeah. anyways, just a little bit. I was so bad at bass on this song. And I remember you even had to like do the dumbed down version for me so I could like try to keep up on bass. That, I was just trying to be like Billy, right? Yeah. I was just trying to you know <laughs> control everything and just try to play everything. So. Oh, it was so good. But I, I have very fond memories of you and I playing garage shows, literally in my garage. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yes, thank um, you. <laughs> and playing this song on there. This is one of my favorite songs on there. This, I mean, literally every song on this on this album is great for me, except for one. One that I'm, I mean, it's, yeah, okay, one. So I'll start with the one that I don't necessarily care for. Okay. Space Boy. Space Boy. So this isn't a bad song, and I I don't skip it when I listen to this album, okay? However, I do feel like this is one of those songs that would have fit really well in the next album. I feel like this song would have done really great on Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. I thought you were going to say the B-sides, Pisces. It would have done well on that, too, actually. You just don't like it, and you just throw it to the B-sides. I mean, but like, it's not a bad song. It's just... 
it gets me out of the mood that I'm in with this. Now, I know you're probably thinking, like, every song on here is, like, pretty rocking. Even the, like, the mellower stuff is still rocking. You're probably thinking in your head, what about Disarm? That's a very, you know, but that's a very emotional crunch song. Like, it hits you in the feels, like, super hard. Space Boy, on the other hand, even though it's not a bad track, it to me, it drops. That it's too chill, it's too mellow, and it doesn't hit me in the feels. See, so I'll argue with this. So I think the theme of this album is very alt-rock, 90s rock. I won't okay. say grunge because, you know, just to not that's lump true. it in with yeah, grunge. It's not true. grunge, but let's say it's in that, that realm. Um, it's uh, somewhat depressing lyrics throughout. Oh, incredibly depressing lyrics. So Billy has talked about, you know... Um, struggling with uh, maybe uh, suicide and things like that around yep. this time. There were a lot of inter-band dynamics and breakups and things like that. So a lot of things going on. Like today is not what you think it is. Oh, no. And it's funny that, again, it's funny that you mentioned that. One of my catchphrases. Um, because my wife and I were discussing that song the other day. It's essentially a suicide note, right? Yeah, yeah. Why not put it into a song? I mean, we're thankful that he did this and wrote the song. It's unfortunate that, you know, for anybody to have those thoughts, of course. But um, yeah, it's, it's not what everybody thinks it is. It's a very happy sounding song. It's in the same vein as like Outcast and Heya, which is actually a very dark and depressing song. And But it has that that pop melody that that grabs you and makes you feel good. Yeah, and that's what makes it makes artists like this artists and they kind of throw in themes and hide it and use metaphors and things like that and that's what makes music yeah. amazing. It's unfortunate for anybody to go through those thoughts again, but um that is like an underlying theme throughout this album. So it's not necessarily why I like it necessarily. So I could see somebody maybe not liking it, but it's yeah. very 90s rock. Um but Space Boy going back to that, so it is written for his brother Oh. And so talking about that, and he's somewhat autistic and has oh, some other things. Now I feel horrible. No, but just letting you know that uh, in terms of the album, I think it does fit because he talks about not um, being in this world, of this world, and he's from another world and trying to fit in. And so if you think about it that way, and this is something that I admit having read, have I've had to read, and I don't get it up front by listening to the song, but I've oh just listened gosh. to it for, for a while. So it's for his brother. And so when you think about it like that, so it's not Billy struggling with things, yeah. but it's his brother struggling and he's writing a song for him. So it kind of does fit the rest of the album. Oh my God, it does. Lyrically. My mind is blown right now. Maybe not musically. I beg to differ that I think it does kind of fit musically, maybe just because I've listened to it for a while. I love when the drums and yeah. everything comes in, it has Mellotron in the background. I think it sounds great. Well, but, now that you mention that, I'm... I guess I can still keep it as my worst song. Yeah. I mean, it, it. I can also see that it might not fit. It has a different sound to it. It is acoustic. Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, it's not a song that I skip. Yeah. It, you know, it, I do not skip it. I still listen to it. It just, I don't, you know, that's just my preference, I guess. Gotcha. But knowing that history behind it, that's actually really, wow, that's actually very sweet. Yeah. And, I, I'm looking at Billy Corgan a little bit differently yeah, right now. No, that's again, nice. Again, the artistry of... Uh, Throwing in things and not always writing about yourself and writing yeah. about other people and so forth. And then he gets into characters with melancholy yeah. and so forth. So that's a whole nother whole nother podcast come. episode. Yeah. So what was your 
best song, let's say? Um, there's so many good songs. I love Geek USA. In oh, fact, yeah. I've so badly have wanted to name a band Geek USA, like because I just think it's it's a cool song. It's great riffs. It starts off really awesome and gets you pumped and going. Um, I also love Mayonnaise. That's very chill and mellow, and like it's a perfect like driving at night song just with your windows down and the temperatures right kind of like the fall right now yeah uh, uh, just to jump in real quick sorry to cut you off so get Geek usa if you see i think it's on Viewphoria or some others where uh-huh. they, he invites all the clowns on stage yes you know he says i guess you are the company that you keep <laughs> i just always think about that so, yeah and then mayonnaise who's the uh, sorry who's the uh tiktok guy the comedian and he's got that great video nowadays so it's it's calm it's popular now oh really mayonnaise. and so you sent me a video did i you don't remember no oh i got him Uh-oh. i got ryan back you're but gonna you send to me a video and i've seen he does some other things but uh he's listening to it he's going oh oh, oh. and then when mayonnaise really kicks in he's oh like, yeah yeah and like his i think hair explodes yes. or something so the comedian does that dude's awesome videos um and so just seeing mayonnaise that it stood the test of time it has it's good to see it's such a great song i've had so i i've talked to so many people who still to this day love mayonnaise yeah let's hear that Yeah, I just see that. I'm sorry that I don't know his name. The comedian's. Uh, I don't name. either. I, I see his face every time when that when the band kicks in. So. Yep. Anyways. Now, as much as I love this song, it's still not my favorite, and I would love for it to be my favorite, and it's almost my favorite. But ever since I first heard this record, my favorite, and I've told you this before, you probably don't even I, remember. I know. I know it already. It's Rocket. For the record, I knew that. <laughs> that song and it it's not my least favorite song but i think when i first heard it and i still hear this it's not my favorite intro although i love some it's not quite dissonant the beginning you know i i like some um uh, the artists indie artists now that yeah. have cool lines one of our favorite bands drop sonic things mm-hmm. like that in that realm and so when i listen to this i hear that and i go well why don't i like it I don't know. I mean, it's awesome still. I still like it. Yeah. And it comes after, um, what does it come after? Uh, Hummer. Yep. Which will come back to that. So I think it, it fits the album, but it's funny that you, I, I know you've always liked this and for whatever reason, I don't know. It, and I'm that's fine. Like I love the chorus in the song. The chorus is just cool. It's simple pop. The chorus is just, I mean, like there's nothing special to it. And that's probably one of the things I really like about it on this album. That's very complicated at times. Here's something that's simple pop that has a catchy chorus and I don't know, it just resonates with me. Yeah. And it was a single, so it was cherub rock and then it went to today and then disarm and then rocket. And then the one that I was going to mention, that's kind of a fifth single. There were only four official ones. Um, I, we hear mayonnaise on the radio yeah. from time to time. So it's not an official one, but rocket was a single. So other people it was. agree. I don't think it was a huge 
single. I don't think it was very successful. Um, I I remember not seeing the video on MTV hardly ever. I mean, right. just once in a blue moon. Right, right. But uh, yeah, it's got a great, um, uh, I agree, great odd guitar line. Although yep. sometimes I don't always like it. But anyways, but I, I agree. I always hey. remember you liking this. And I kind of knew that. But I was thinking, well, maybe I'll stump Ryan. And maybe no, you'll it, listen to I, it and I, like I, something else. And 20 some odd years later. And I still love that song to death. It's still my favorite. Uh, but I'm I'm curious. Because as much as we have talked Smashing Pumpkins between ourselves over the years, I actually don't know which song you consider to be the best on this record. I think when we were teenagers growing up, I think it shifted a few times. Like your, whatever your top song would be. I think it shifted a few times. I could be wrong. Yeah. And I don't think this was the first album I purchased. So I do remember a funny story about Smashing Pumpkins. The first one that I remember was purchasing Melancholy and there's so many good songs on Melancholy. Yes. I honestly thought it was a greatest hits. Are you serious? Yeah, because I was 10, 11 years well, old. And then it was it. a double album. And it was a double album. I remember looking at it at Target and just yeah. going, oh, I guess this is the CD to get, and then getting into them. So the one problem that I have with this album, and I for some reason have never repurchased it, maybe I will now, uh, because I have a deluxe album that came yeah. out what, 10 years ago at this point, but I have the Walmart version. Oh, no. So this is not my favorite song. These oh, are just some no. memories. But yeah, so there's, they, they don't list the song titles. So I remember probably for the first five years, I never really knew all the song titles. Because track seven is silver. And Fudge. Then we'll, yeah, we'll leave out the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, exactly. So in, in Walmart's eyes, um, you know, I buy stuff at Walmart, it's fine. But I would never buy music from Walmart I, I ever have, again. I know. I mean, I have had a hard line stance against buying any kind of music uh, from Walmart because they will censor music, but they will not censor movies. And I, I always felt like that was incredibly hypocritical. Now, I, I shop at Walmart still, mm-hmm. but I, I never agreed with that whatsoever. Why would you censor one and not censor the other? I don't believe in censoring at all. Yeah, stifling art. Uh, you know, in educational sense, I make my students make clean versions. Correct. And, you know, but if you buy an album from somebody and it's art, you want the full thing. So I well, I need to still purchase this so I can have the full booklet and everything, I and, admit. And so, you know, I, as I'm a published author. You know, I've written a few things. and Clap, clap, clap. Oh, thank you. And some of my stories have words in them that are not appropriate and that I don't use and stuff like that. And I remember talking to my own children about that and explaining to them, like, the character. It fits the character. It fits the situation. Therefore, it's a part of the art. Sure. And to to censor that, in my opinion, takes away from it. And I'm not trying to stand on the soapbox or anything, but... No, hearing that you got it from Walmart, I'm sorry, man. I know, but that that's just where I purchased my music yeah, way back you. when. And um, but anyway, so yeah, it's not a, uh, a, a parental advisory sticker CD. Funny enough, it's yeah. just um, th- and I don't think he even says the word in the. Album. I, I don't think he does either. I think um, it's said here or there, maybe a word here or there, but no, it's not that type of album. But anyways, and I think that's the stigma that. Smashing Pumpkins has, you know, some people think it's angry and things like that. But the reason why I love this album and every other album, for the most part, all other albums, it 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 moves. Yeah. It's never one thing. It's not the STP where it's the same thing over and over. And I promise I'm getting to my favorite song because it's all in one song. Mm, so, go for it. Um, so the whole album going from Cherub to Quiet to Today to Hummer to Rocket to Disarm, it keeps going. You go through Soma, which is kind of quiet. You get to Geek USA, as you mentioned. It's awesome. It's got a great intro, and then it, it kind of 
it ebbs and flows and it gets faster and slower, things like that. Mayonnaise and Space Boy and Silver and Sweet Sweet and even finishing with Luna. So Smashing Pumpkins never just, they never find one song and just kind of say, this is what the album's going to be. Um, it's all Billy Corgan, though. I mean, the story goes he plays most of the instruments yeah, and things it's, like that. it's pretty much him. But if there's one song that I think I keep going back to, and I think I realize because it has just a little bit of everything of Smashing Pumpkins in one song, it is number four, Hummer. So it's almost a seven-minute song. So it's not the longest song of the album. I think that goes to uh, Silver. Um, but I don't know. It just has a little bit of everything. It, it actually has uh, pretty cool lyrics, I think. It fits the realm of, I mean, life's a bummer when you're Hummer, right? <laughs> so um, yeah. it fits the realm of the the rest of the album. It's got some other um, good lyrics in general, Um I don't know. It just it it has a little bit of everything. It has a great simple solo. It starts kind of quiet. Um, I guess I kind of did that out of order. Sorry. It starts kind of quiet. Has a cool little loop going. The bass is always a bass that I strive to have that tone. Um, and uh, I'd like to say it was Darcy playing, but it's probably Billy Corgan. Uh, but anyways, that doesn't matter. And then the octaves come in. Octave guitars are quintessential Smashing Pumpkins. And it gets even louder. And it's just amazing that it can get even louder and louder. And then it kind of backs off. And um, I know it's very positive too. So I think it, uh, you know, says life's a bummer uh, when you're Hummer, life's a drag, but then also says when you decide that your life is a prize, renew, revive, it's all right, honey, it's all right. Just saying, you know, we'll get through it. That's kind of what I take from it. So yeah, this is um, a good representation of the album. Yeah. I think it's just smashing pumpkins all in one song. It's a long song. So sometimes I might not get through all of it and then I get kind of sad. It's not a radio song. It's just a song that I would like everybody to listen to. And we're, we can't play all of it right now for you. Otherwise, it would be seven minutes of the podcast. But I would highly advise everyone to please go buy this album on, uh, not from Walmart, but uh, from wherever you buy your albums or stream your albums. And uh, please let us know what you think of it. Yep. But what do you think of Hummer? I think it's an awesome song. Uh, I think you're 100% correct that it it literally shows everything on the album in one song. Uh, if you could find something that wrapped it all together, it's great. Yeah. And then because I have to pick one song, I will pick Sweet Sweet as my song that I just feel like it does not fit. But it's funny that you mentioned Space Boys like a precursor to Melancholy. I think Sweet Sweet is a good precursor to Melancholy okay. and Adore because it just I, I feel like it doesn't fit this album. Cool. So, yeah, it's a short song, less yeah. than two minutes, which is very modern for today's time from what I've been learning from my yep. students. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it fits. Um, there's actually a next album, the B-side album, between this and Melancholy, Pisces, Iscariot. I think I always say that right yeah. or wrong. Either way, but I think and on the deluxe version, you get some of the other songs. And I think some of the B-sides would have served more of a purpose and would have fit. But then again, 
the album would have been different, but I would have loved to hear maybe some of the other songs. And I actually um, suggest going to listen to that album as well, just to hear some of the outtakes. I would I would suggest that too, but I still like that better than Space Boy. I you know I, I feel I don't I don't know I just like it better. Yeah, and it's uh, we have to pick one just because that's yeah, the uh, premise that we picked. Um, oh, one side note too on the uh, deluxe version that just came out. Oh well, ten years ago, time flies. There's also a cool Depeche Mode cover. Really? Yeah, and so um, that's that's just something on the side. Yeah, so cool. uh, um, never let me down again. It's it's an awesome song, and um, it's uh, from a BBC session. And so check that out, um, the deluxe version, and you can stream it on Spotify and um, uh, Apple Music and Tidal and all of those Amazon. And we yep. support all of those, so you can support the uh, artists. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. And you know, does, does this stand the test of time in terms of the big? Guitar, what'd you call it? Shoegazer? Shoegaze. Shoegaze? Uh, yep. Um, I think, yes, I think it does. Um, because you can still turn on the radio, any alternative or rock station, and still find songs from this album showing up um, on playlists. And yeah, it's it's good music. It's, it's still solid. Um, I think if it was released today, it would not have the same punch um, because of the style of music that is popular now. So I'm very thankful that it came out back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some lyrics too nowadays. Uh, there's been a more of an emphasis on mental health nowadays. Yeah, who knows? This kind of falls in with now. That is true. Music nowadays, and so it's kind of that cyclical nature of the music industry and the music of the '90s is back, possibly. Maybe. Thank you so much, people out there. We really appreciate you listening to us. Uh, please subscribe to our, or follow us wherever it is you listen to your your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Amazon. Uh, I know my wife, she listens on Amazon, and I listen on, or I pull us up on iTunes, which is kind of funny that we have our different services that we use. Yeah, on our website, thealbumargument.com, we have cool little icons at the top, and they take you to all the various Stitcher and Podbean is ho- uh, is our host, and there's so many of them out there. So we try to make it as yep. easy for you to um, find us, and then also find other cool podcasts out there. Seriously, and please again support the artists and yes, go please. buy their material. Yes, please. Awesome, everybody! Thank you again. We are so happy to have you with us. We are the Album Argument. I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremy. See you next time. Deuces. We are out.